Section 13 of In Italy with the 332nd Infantry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. In Italy with the 332nd Infantry by Joseph L. Letow. Chapter 12 From Genoa to Ohio. The journey from Genoa to Gibraltar consumed about 40 hours. Since we reached the rock, about 10 a.m., March 31st. A library aboard ship afforded the means of recreation to many, while to others it proved interesting to watch the porpoises race and play at the prow of the ship as we sped through the water. Then there were others who refused to be amused. The ship's crew, evidently, had been spoiled by carrying American soldiers before, for various bribes were necessary before the proper amount of food could be obtained, in at least the second-class dining room. With the exception of a few sick men, I never heard any of the third-class passengers complaining of too much to eat or of too great a variety. Arriving in the spacious harbor of Gibraltar, we did not dock but cast anchor until such time as the ship could be cold. A few rods to our left was the famous rock of Gibraltar. There were at least a hundred other vessels at anchor in the splendid harbor. One of these was the Canopic, which had left Genoa the day before us. She had stopped at Marseille, but had reached Gibraltar before us, and the next day, when we moved into the cold dock, we found the Canopic alongside us. On the morning of the third, half of those aboard the two vessels were sent ashore to walk through Gibraltar. We were glad of a chance to get on land and glad of an opportunity to see the city, but we were compelled to remain in ranks every moment we were off the ship. At any rate, we enjoyed the much-needed exercise and also obtained a glimpse of the unique cosmopolitan city of Gibraltar. It seemed from the slight acquaintance to be a very up-to-date city. All of the houses are built of stone, and one obtains the impression of cleanliness. Our shore leave was limited to a walk through the main street and the return, when the other half of the men made the trip. On the day that we were ashore, the vessel was being cold by hand. On the morning of April 4th, at 7.30, we moved out of the harbor. On our left, we could see the rocky shores of Africa, Nothing could be distinguished except the mountains over which hung a particularly dark purple haze. On our right lay the green hills of Spain, and the dark clouds cast a shadow over the hills. But where there was a break between two clouds, the sun shone through and the little white roofs of the stone houses sparkled as if a spotlight played upon them. We soon passed the last point of land and were again upon the broad Atlantic. The consequent rocking of the ship, which we now saw was a very different boat from the stately Aquitania, disturbed the feelings of many. The weather also was colder than we had been experiencing. On April 9th, we encountered what we thought was quite a storm. The waves rushed over the deck rails, and those adventurous spirits who loved to stand in the bow of the ship and allow the water to spray upon them were ordered inside. The vessel rolled and pitched, and standing in the bow of the boat and looking back, it was curious to watch the vessel twist about, almost like a stretched letter S. 
since passing the azores on the seventh each morning the seemingly everlasting expanse of water met our eyes we grew very tired of the voyage and heartily wished for land to appear we seemed to be making little progress our speed being about fifteen or sixteen miles an hour on the twelfth the sea again became very rough and during the night a heavy fog descended upon us making necessary the weird cry of the foghorn upon awakening the next morning we were relieved to see that the fog had lifted all this day we watched eagerly for land and at last at four forty five p m the shore of long island was visible as we drew nearer our destination we were in time to witness a sunset behind the jersey hills more beautiful to us than all of italy's boasted sunsets later as we passed up the lane marked by buoys the lights of the statue of liberty lighted and a mighty cheer rose on the air we cast anchor inside the harbor and slept in the shadow of america once again it was a most happy night in the morning april fourteenth nineteen nineteen the quarantine vessel visited us found everything okay and in a few hours we were back at camp merritt which we had left some ten months before here we performed a disagreeable duty namely going through the delousing process upon entering the delousing building we placed all of our clothes in wire baskets which were then collected and put into a machine this steam and heat producing machine was guaranteed to effectually put out of existence all cooties etc which had perchance survived the journey across the atlantic while their clothes were thus being cleansed we ourselves bathed so that when we were finished with this bath our clothes dried and also hopelessly wrinkled awaited us being now clean and acceptable we were permitted to move to a respectable section of the camp and proceed to the business of getting out of the army as rapidly as possible there were canteens pack carriers clothes and so forth to be checked and turned in and work on these matters was started immediately the rifles were to be kept for parades the offices were like madhouses because of the hurry the canopic arrived on the night of the fourteenth and the dante alighieri with the last of the regiment came in on the eighteenth on this last ship there were four young women from fiumi who had married americans passes were given freely and practically everyone in the regiment enjoyed a visit to new york city on the twenty first the three hundred and thirty second infantry formed at washington square new york and marched up fifth avenue passing thousands of cheering friends and admirers at the head of the regiment besides its commanding officer and his staff rode general guglielmote royal military attache to the italian embassy at washington and his staff included in the parade were old garibaldi veterans and representatives of new york's italian societies upon arriving at a hundred and second street the parade passed into central park where mayor highland welcomed the men to new york and america following this the royal council general of italy in new york signor tritoni presented a gold medal to the regiment general guglielmote then rehearsed the history of the deeds of the regiment in italy and the regiment's commanding officer replied for the regiment after these ceremonies the regiment proceeded to the sixty ninth regiment armory 
where refreshments were served a few days later the news reached us at camp that the pennsylvania men in the regiment were to be sent to camp dix to receive their discharges there so that on april twenty second we bid farewell to approximately one hundred and fifty men from newcastle pennsylvania most of whom had been in headquarters company several officers and the regular army enlisted men parted with us here on the twenty fourth the regiment marched to dumont boarded the trains and were soon en route to dear old ohio however instead of going direct to camp sherman we stopped at cleveland for a parade the first section reached cleveland in the morning of the twenty fifth followed by the other sections all of which arrived during the day practically all of the nearby towns such as youngstown akron and canton had procured special trains for the relatives and friends of the regiment so that during the day those loved ones who had been separated for a year met and embraced one another once more it was a happy day for many on the twenty sixth the regiment paraded and again as in new york upheld its reputation as being one of the best marching organizations of the a e f after the parade the sons of italy once more endeavored to show their appreciation by presenting the regiment with a silver cup at central armory the entire regiment was banqueted and the boys declared it was the most delicious meal they had since they left home during the remainder of the day everyone was free to visit until about seven p m when the first section moved out of cleveland toward that haven camp sherman where the coveted honorable discharge was to be received april twenty seventh at four a m was a cold and disagreeable day as we alighted from our tourist cars at the camp and were led to our last army home for several days we were busy turning in equipment and preparing final records at the termination of these various duties the red discharge chevrons the finest of them all we thought were distributed beginning on may second the first companies of the regiment received their discharge papers on the third several more went through this process and by the evening of the fifth the entire regiment had been discharged and its members had arrived at the enviable rank of mister no time was lost in boarding the special train for columbus home loved ones and civilian life today a few months later the old days and adventures seem like dreams and while few would care to go through the same hardships and experiences again not one of the regiment i dare say regrets the days he wore the unconquerable khaki of uncle sam in the proud line of st mark finney end of section thirteen end of in italy with the three hundred and thirty second infantry by j l letow